Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. From the American Museum of Natural History in New York City and beaming out across all of space and time, this is Star Talk, where science and pop culture collide. Welcome to Star Talk. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist. We've got a Cosmic Queries edition of Star Talk. The subject, bioethics. <laughs> My co-host, Paul Mercurio. Paul. Nice to see you Welcome again. back, dude. Yeah, thanks for having me back. Thanks for making some time for us before warming up yeah. a, a, a Stephen Colbert's oh, yeah, audience. So you're right down the street. Yeah, yeah, which know? is up the street from you yeah. from here. Yeah, and you provide a limo, which is nice. <laughs> No. Did uh, we? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're not a bioethicist. No. Neither am I. No. Even though we might have thoughts on the matter. Yes. Right, right? And Every day, I'm constantly... <laughs> 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 I wake up and go, what is going on ethically? And bioethically, Bio yes. Yeah. So we went back into our Rolodex mm. uh, and re-invited Professor Matthew Liao. Matthew, welcome back to Star Talk. Thank you. So we last had you on stage live in front of an audience at New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. And we had uh, Adam Savage with us as well. And we were talking about human augmentation mm -hmm. and whether that would be uh, bioethical. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, you said off camera, you remember that that was my birthday? Uh, I, we I, we sung, right? Oh, I, I, I try to forget <laughs> yes, those I think things. 3,000 3, people sang <laughs> They did. They all sang. They, they all did yeah. sing. Yeah. Um, it so, was written on a program that that was required when you came in. <laughs> yeah. So uh, welcome back. Yeah. And, uh, good to have you. You are director of the bioethics... A program. The Center for Bioethics at NYU. At NYU, Center for mm -hmm. Bioethics and uh, New York University right here in town. Mm -hmm. So easy date for you. So we'll be calling more on you oh, as great. we think of these yeah. issues. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got questions. Paul, Yes, uh, I haven't seen them. I don't know if, if Matthew's seen no, them. No, he has not. 
and uh, we'll just sort of jump right in. Well, let me mm -hmm. just find out, what is bioethics? What's so an example? It's just to, just kinda, to, so we're on the same page. Yeah, it's the study of biomedical uh, issues ar arising out of biomedical technology. Mostly medical now. Uh, yeah, mostly medical. But it could also involve things like artificial intelligence and sort of uh, its connection to healthcare. So Yeah, uh, but AI is not bio. Uh, on purpose. <laughs> right, <laughs> so. right, right. But it could be so used So what do you want for, is silicon ethics. Yeah, silicon <laughs> ethics. That's right, that's right. Well, a lot of people are now thinking about putting in uh, things like brain-computer interfaces into their, you know, into their brains uh -huh. and things like that. So the silicon and the, uh, the organic matter, they're kind of merging oh, uh, now. So this, so this complicates your job. That's right. That's or right. makes it more interesting, both. Yes. Yeah. What's the fastest moving area? Is it AI? Is it... Uh, is it uh, Genetic manipulation, like what's? Yeah, I think both of them are uh, uh, occurring concurrently. So there's the CRISPR technology, gene editing technology that's sort of really advancing. I and, like that because uh, if you can mutate my genes so I don't have to go to the gym, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm your guy. is that how that works? I'm yeah, your guy. that's exactly how it works. You can do it today. <laughs> so, um, and then there's the artificial intelligence. Uh, people are using that for things like cancer. You know, their uh, pathologists uh, are looking at sort of uh, these images, the AIs getting really good at rec uh, pattern recognition and image recognition. Mm -hmm. They can spot sort of cancer cells almost as good as uh, pathologists now. So. Okay, so, so, but that wouldn't be an ethical thing. That's just the machine can do it better, so let the machine do it. Right. Right, so ethics would be now the machine knows your condition and it's connected to the internet. Yeah. And so a hacker might have access. Y yeah, or uh, say that... Um, you know the insurance company. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know knows right. the algorithms and tries to hack it and sort of make it look like it's not cancer when it is or something like oh. that, or sort of issues to do with privacy. Well, he's right? paid to think about this stuff. <laughs> this is, it's incredible. You have a very diabolical mind. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, come up with a way we can foil this system. Right. When you're out for dinner and yeah. the witch goes, "Would you yeah. like to have dessert?" You're like, "What do you mean by that?" Uh, <laughs> I, uh, um, are you fun around people? I mean, I mean, yeah, you're fun, yeah. but like, do you? Like if they want to do something a little like inappropriate, like put a little extra gas in when nobody notices, you go like, no, there's an ethical issue there. Uh, How ethical are you? Is the, is the yes. short question oh, right. there? Well, uh, there there are surveys that say that ethicists aren't necessarily necessarily more ethical. Oh, really? So they you know, apparently they uh, steal uh, they steal uh, sort of books from libraries and, oh. and they don't call their mothers, you oh. know, uh, on Mother's Day yeah. and things like that. So yeah. um, I call my. I call my mom okay, so on Mother's Day. Do so. as you say, not as you do. That's, <laughs> that's, right. that's right. That's okay. right. That's right. All right, so, so what questions do you have, Paul? Yeah. Uh, we're going to start with the Patreon question. Patreon, is, let's do yeah. it. Yeah. This is Oliver. Kiss up to the Patreon. Yeah, right? okay. absolutely. We love them. This is Oliver Gigaz. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, personally, I feel that we, the general public, aren't talking enough about subjects like bioethics and AI even though they are clearly going to be a huge part of the future. Do either of you feel the same way? And if so, how can we better educate ourselves on these subjects? I completely agree. And so one of the things I try to do is to um, yeah, talk to the public about uh, some of these issues and, um, and you know, work in this area, things like uh, sort of gene editing and artificial intelligence. Sort how of much of it is just yeah. fear? Mm -hmm that people don't understand the technology. And so we fear everything we don't understand. I think, that, it, 
Doesn't it come down to that at some level? Yeah, I think a lot of it is that just people are scared of new technologies. They um, they're very cautious, and there's and also great science fiction writers that take it to the worst that's dystopic right. Topic right. In the future. Right? <laughs> that's right. The, you know, the robots are after us. They're going to kill us. Oh yeah, the super intelligence is coming, mm -hmm. um, and so people get really scared and they think, oh, we should not do any of this stuff. And that's also bad for science. It's bad for progress. Yeah, but I just um, bought a so, car where I don't yeah. have a dipstick anymore, and I just hit a button and. It tells me the oil, the oil really? stuff. Yeah, and I'm a little weirded out by that. Like I want the physical thing. Get off my lawn! <laughs> yeah, like old, I'm not an old man yet. <laughs> but I don't trust young whippersnapper. What if the oil companies have j adjusted the, the the program of that so that it's falsely telling me I need oil to make extra money? Yeah. We should uh, hang out. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you, you sound like a bioethicist already. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I, I so. was, okay, just not to not to hang you out to dry. Yeah. When the dashboard became all screen mm -hmm. without a mechanical speedometer, right. where it just it turns on. Mm -hmm. And it, in what turns on, it has your mileage. And I'm thinking. This is a screen. Come on now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, well, there's no mechanical mile. How does who? I, and I got all old, old man on it. I yeah. said, give me back my <laughs> dial. <laughs> I'm with you. I unplug my toaster every night because I think it's going to catch fire. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing is sort of overwhelming for people on some level. Yeah. So I think you you hit on exactly the right issue, and the issue I is did? is trust. Like trust in technologies, trust trust in algorithms, trust in like how do we make sure that when we roll out these technologies, there's trust, and um, and that's the job of the scientists, but also the ethicists and everybody. And the educator. Yeah, and the educator yeah, to yeah. make sure that we can actually trust these things. So uh, here's a question yeah. that I remembered getting asked of the public, mm -hmm. and I remembered at the time what my answer was then, and it still is today. Mm -hmm. But the public in the day mm -hmm. answered differently. Here's the question: um, If the uh, something happens. You're on an airplane, mm -hmm. and there's something goes wrong with the airplane. Mm -hmm. Okay, and what would you trust? A button that says "auto fly this thing home," or a trained Navy pilot who decorated trained Navy pilot to bring it home? It was a the pilot, of course. And I'm thinking. No, give me the auto <laughs> right. like, like push the auto button. Right. What if he just had a fight with his wife and just downed a right. bottle of scotch That's in the airport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. The button didn't have a bottle of scotch, guaranteed. <laughs> so, so, and today, yeah. I mean, what my, my thinking has borne out, because mm -hmm. planes are designed mm -hmm. that they cannot actually be flown mm -hmm. by a human being. There's too many surfaces that are yeah. under control right. of the computer. That's why flying is so stable yeah. now. So that's it's do you trust the technology or not? That's right. Yeah. And so in order to trust the technology, you have to make sure that it's safe, it's tested, it's reliable. It can be uh, sort of adversarially attacked. And that's why sort of uh, ethicists uh, like myself, we ask these you know, questions like things like, well, what happens? You know, we imagine these uh, hypothetical examples like what happens if the insurance company is trying to cheat you and right. do certain things or, you know, if the hacker is trying to hack into the algorithm or the imaging thing, you know, like there are ways of, uh, th there's plenty of evidence that some of these imaging, uh, machine learning technologies can be hacked. Right? But the thing that's amazing to me is like science and especially what you do is so sort of on track with ethics it's a microcosm because in the society in general, ethics seems to be the last thing. It's like worrying about table manners at a Game of Thrones red wedding, right? Like you just sort of, you guys have this ability 
to really think about these things. Like, there's this conversation about, like, well, AI could, de like, destroy the planet. Well, mm. humans are already kind of doing that. So, <laughs> is it any worse? Right. Maybe AI can do it better. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. More efficiently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Less yeah. dallying yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> Less complaining. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, so some people think that, you know, the super intelligence, you know, if they were to be created, they're going to decide that, hey, we're destroying the, you know, um, we're destroying the planet. And one way to stop... Uh, to help the planet is by like killing all of us, you know, uh, because we're a virus. <laughs> because we're viruses. Yeah, <laughs> that's the word my wife so, uses for me. Uh, yeah. that's a line from The Matrix. The yes. first. Yeah. Matrix, yeah. The, yeah. And, Hi, to Paul. Yes. You got more questions? I do. Go. Um, Raymond Oyang, uh, StarTalkRadio.net. Nice question about morals and science. Are there any circumstances in science where it would be acceptable to bypass ethics in human experimentation if the findings hmm, would lead to greater good? Wow. Ooh, good wow. one. Wow. Yeah. That's a Wasn't really... that the entire Nazi medical yeah. <laughs> enterprise? Yeah. <laughs> and the and the and the Tuskegee study? That's the, the Tuskegee study as yeah, well. Yeah, just tell us yeah. about one or both of those and then yeah. tell us what that's a great question here. Yeah, yeah, so the Nazis were sort of experimenting they uh, on human uh, sort of on humans. They're sort of, for example, they're taking them up into the airplanes to see how uh, much pressure a human being can withstand. These, These are were, mostly Jews and other that's right. undesirables. That's in right. The, in the in the Germanic model. That's right. Of humanity. That's right. Yeah. And um, and they, you know, apparently some people say that they were able to find out, you know, things that we wouldn't have otherwise. You know, found, but still, I think that uh, it's very clear now that you know we need to sort of abide by these ethical norms, and we shouldn't. You know, we should. We need to stick to research ethics, and there's sort of uh, since the there's something called the Belmont Report that came out as a result of the Tuskegee experiments. And Just to describe um, the Tuskegee, yeah, yeah. briefly. So, uh, it's it's uh, where uh, it's the experiment where there were these subjects and they were given syphilis um, and they were uh, they weren't told that uh, I thought they already they, had syphilis they already had syphilis but they were told they were being treated but in fact they weren't that's right that's and then the observation was to see the progress of syphilis in the human body that, that and and all the subjects were black men th that's right right that's right after that when when it was discovered um, basically that was the birth of bioethics as a field people decided that we shouldn't be doing this you know we need to look at there were sort of different principles um, that were being proposed things like do no harm um, you need to make sure that the research benefits the subject and then you need to make sure that there's autonomy, there's mm -hmm. informed consent. So mm -hmm. a lot of the bioethical principles came out as you a result. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah. you do no harm. That's in yeah. there. That's part yeah. of the Hippocratic Oath. That's yeah. Right. yeah, but yes. talk to Mickey Rourke's surgeons. I mean, they're not. They're, they're, right. They right. violated that thing eight ways to Sunday. Right. I mean, isn't that sort of part of the like the medical field? To me, seems like that was it fair to say the first sort of uh, area where bioethics and was sort of really founded in some way. Yeah. And yet, it seems like that profession they're all over the place. I mean, there's pimple popper shows and TLC. <laughs> like, you know? Well, I think maybe their intent is to not do harm, even yeah. if they end up doing harm. Right. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. the plastic surgery yeah. it can go wrong yeah. but that wasn't their intent yeah. yeah right it's like me with a bad joke yeah <laughs> you did harm <laughs> a lot of harm that yeah. set did a lot of harm yeah and i can't bring it back yeah. okay so what you're saying is uh, this is an interesting enlightened posture which is no matter what is going on i will do no harm to you mm -hmm. even mm -hmm. if having done harm to you saves the lives of a hundred other people mm -hmm. because you, the individual 
is has the priority in this exchange in that's this right. relationship. That's right. So that's that's enlightened mm-hmm. and and even profound, mm-hmm. I think. And so is the converse of this this whole issue with measles now mm-hmm. and how because I'm really fascinated by that. So someone is it morally against a, a vaccination because they think it causes autism, and mm-hmm. yet they're putting entire communities at risk. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Where, what is the conversation in mm. your field now about that? Yeah, I mean, it's... And what do you serve at a measles party? Salmonella cake? I'm just curious. <laughs> like, what do you... What do you but, yeah, yeah. But like, that seems, seems to me to be... Yeah. So my own view about vaccination is that we have a public duty to, you know, be vaccinated. Right. And so that comes from sort of not harming other people. So we have an obligation not to harm other people. Um, and so the, the issue with vaccination is that we also have a right to bodily integrity. So some people think that we shouldn't be forced to be vaccinated if we don't want to. And I think that's right. But I also think that that doesn't mean that we ourselves don't have a duty to be vaccinated. So we should do it um, voluntarily. So, so there's a greater good. That's right. That, it's a greater good argument that overrides the the personal integrity. Well, you can personal integrity is something that you can waive. It's your right, but you can waive it, right? In these cases, and so in this case, I think that we have a duty to uh, serve the public uh, by getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You kind of straddled the fence there a little. Yeah, <laughs> you want to create a law. You should run for president. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You did not answer that question. You know what? That was an unethical answer. Oh. <laughs> no. no. no that, it's interesting. It's really complicated. Yeah. Well, and, and they actually dealt with a little bit of this in Planet of the Apes because you have the intelligent chimps and they're doing medical experiments on the humans that they mm. captured. Mm-hmm. And we think that's a bom- an abomination because we're human. Right. But of course, we do that on lab animals all the time. Yeah. That's right. So who are we to say that they can't do that? And yet the quality of our life is much better because we do it. So it's sort of this whole balancing act. Yeah. That's Um, why we have you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Not to do experiments on you. Right, right, right. right. That's next week. You come back and there's a dungeon and we take you there. Wait, wait. Let me just, I can't let this go. Is there, so there's not even some numerical threshold where you would say harm to one person if it saves a hundred or a thousand. Mm Mm-hmm. Or a million, yeah, or a billion. Uh, so there's this view. It's called threshold deontology, and it's so, threshold deontology. Deontology. That's right. And it's the view that there's a threshold, and when you cross that threshold, then it might be okay to harm somebody in order. But isn't to, it arbitrary yeah. who decides what the threshold is? Yeah. Well, so part, that's why we have him. <laughs> <laughs> You're making all of these. He's, he's the ethicist. You. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Yeah. You're sitting next to an ethicist. Who yeah. makes these decisions? He yeah. makes the decisions. He yeah. and his people. Yeah, he has on. people. He has a team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, you're you're uh, you're absolutely right. So where's the threshold? It's not okay to say kill one to save five people. But really? is it okay to kill one to save a million people? Right. Or a, a billion people? What's the threshold? Well, what, but if, right? if it's yeah. if one to five is okay, no, it's not okay. Yeah. Okay, but okay. So, but yeah. then you're saying, is, let's yeah. say, no joke here. Neil is one of the five, <laughs> but then there's a million, and you're saying it's okay. It's it's okay. It, You've devalued his life based on the number of people that, in that's, a group. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be any logic to that. Yeah. So some people say that um, 
well, if we were to think that it's okay to kill Neil in order to save a billion people. So, what? How did right? I get in the middle of this? <laughs> well, you're just, well, yeah. you're very smart, extremely intelligent, so you're yeah. worth a billion people. Yeah. I'm yeah. worth like a dog. I'm the equivalent of a dog. Yeah. Okay. Then all of us. This is like, it's, yeah. the, it's the rowboat thing. Right. Do you throw out Abe right. Lincoln? Yeah. Do you keep the criminal? Right. That's right. Like, what do and you by do? the way, That's how right. would we kill Neil? Just out of yeah. curiosity, <laughs> would it be a slow death? Or I'm an ethicist. The most ethical way. Painless, painless, you know, painless way of doing it. So, um, so, so tell me that it's called the the uh, threshold deontology. Threshold deontology. Yeah, and so that's you know the view that there's a threshold beyond which it's okay to harm somebody in order to save the greater number. So at the towards the end of the movie, the secret of Santa Vittoria. This is I, I don't I don't know if it's fiction or if it's based on a real story. There's a town in Italy that had this, or it might have been France, uh, this amazing wine-producing, uh, fam- world-famous for their wine, mm-hmm. and the Nazis were coming through, and they didn't want the Nazis to get it. Mm-hmm. So they hid the wine in a cave and bricked it over and then put moss on it and made it look aged. And then the Nazis came in looking for the wine, and they couldn't find it, and they scoured the countryside, and they decided that... Whoever's the next person that comes out in the street, they're going to torture them and find out where the wine is hidden. So the townspeople agreed to let the prisoner out of the... They said, you're free to go. And the prisoner, because the prisoner didn't know any of this. Wow. The prisoner was just a thing. The prisoner comes out, and the Nazis torture him. Wow. And they couldn't figure out where it was, and the Nazis leave. Jesus. It would have been hilarious if the guy they tortured was a sommelier, and they just got caught. <laughs> Come on, man. I just got my degree. Really? Yeah, what are you doing in jail, though? <laughs> yeah. All right, we got to take a quick break, and when we come back, more on bioethics. Yeah. Really cool when Star Talk continues. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. 
And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Bringing space and science down to earth. You're listening to Star Talk. We're back on Star Talk. We're talking about bioethics. My co-host, my guest co-host, this episode, Paul Mercurio. Paul, hey, you tweet, Paul. Mm -hmm. What? Give me your Twitter handle. Uh, at Paul Mercurio. At Okay, very creative. <laughs> well, I had my people, we gathered around, we had a long meeting. I, by the way, it's M-E-C-U-R-I-O, and I only say that because there's an Australian actor, Paul Mercurio, M-E-R-C-U-R-I-O. Mercurio. Which is actually how I spell my name, but he got in the actor's union before I did. He was in Strictly Ballroom and Exit to Eden. Whoa. So I did my first guest appearance on a sitcom. You and my manager calls it, you have to change your name. I'm like, why, did I bust a law or something? <laughs> He's like, no, there's this guy. So it's M-E-C-U-R-I-O. And in Mercurio. retrospect, I should have just changed it to like Smith because it would have been a lot easier. Mercurio's cool. Yeah. Reminds me of the planet Mercury. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And we have Professor Matthew Liao. Welcome. And you. uh, you're head of the uh, Bioethics Center at mm -hmm. New York University. Mm -hmm. And we're reading questions. We've got questions we from are. our fan base. We have another mm -hmm. question from Bioethics. Matt, for go. Maddie. I'm mm -hmm. going to call you Maddie the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh, uh, this is Hey Hyder from Instagram. Uh, do you think CRISPR's technology will allow us to take the DNA of an athlete or maybe a bounty hunter, <laughs> tweak it uh, to be even better and stronger than the original, and then take the DNA and create... A clone army. Can we do that? And if so, please send the instructions to my bunker. No, I just added that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, so yeah. what's up with that? So I yes, I think that's uh, possible. I mean, sort of the fact that some people are stronger than others is uh, partly genetics, right? Mm -hmm. And so if we can figure out the genome, but don't say sequence. that because now Paul will say, "I'm not getting muscles because it's genetic." <laughs> right, right. So therefore, there's no point in going to right. the gym. The Twinkies have nothing to do with it. <laughs> right, right. I did say partly. 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 <laughs> Partly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, like LeBron James, you know, mm -hmm. sort of, um, uh, you know, because of his genes, right? And so, if you can sort of sequence... Well, he's big because of his genes, but yeah. is he athletic because of his genes? Yeah, he needs to work out. And, yes, yeah. okay. So, there's definitely you the nurture You get your height and, and other things very bluntly from your genes. That's right, right, that's right. And so, we can figure that part out. And so, and then you can imagine using CRISPR technology to then put that into sort of either gametes or embryos and then create, um, you know, offsprings that have those traits. So, so this, is, this is in our future? Uh, I think so. I think this is, uh, this is something that can be done. Uh, so, we'll, so, so we will breed into our own civilization yeah. entire classes of people for our own entertainment. Well, is that anything yeah. different from sumo wrestlers in Japan? It's called the one and done rule in college basketball. <laughs> is that what we're doing basically? Like, yeah. No, um, tell me about it. sumo wrestlers. Yeah. No, it's not a genetic thing, but they... They're specially treated and that's, specially fed that's right. to be that's sumo right. wrestlers. That's right. 
Yeah. And that's a cultural thing. They don't live long, and everybody knows this. I don't think they reach 40, age 40. Yeah. So, so is that really any different? from doing that genetically. So uh, that's what, you know, so people talk about designer babies and the ethics uh, of designer babies. Like, so there's the question of whether we can do it, but then there's also whether we should be doing this. Um, and I think... It's very Jurassic yeah. Park over there. Really. <laughs> exactly. And I think Neil asked a really good question. Do you question. have an evil lair? <laughs> <laughs> right, which is that we're already doing a lot of this, uh, you know, this hyper-parenting. Yeah. Uh, look at like Serena Williams and, you know, Venus Williams. Yeah, but that's different know. than manipulating. Uh, Manipulating through yeah. CRISPR, manipulating yeah. a, a. But the result DNA is the same. Yeah. It's not different. Yeah, so the question is what's the difference, right? Yeah. What's the difference? One's uh, psychologically yeah. and the other is through genetic. Well, uh, yes, yeah, so, so the means are different. That's definitely right. But why does that make a normative difference, right? Why is it sort of ethically different when we do it at the genetic level as opposed to after the, you know, sort of like after the child is born? So maybe it's, yeah. it's yeah. because uh, maybe I can. You may have genetically bred me this way, but I yeah. can choose to not do this. Right. But can you? Ha yeah. Shouldn't you have bred him in a way not to fight who he is and what he is? Yeah. Yeah, but maybe I'll say I'd rather just be a poet, and then you can't stop me. Whereas otherwise, if you're raising me this other way, then there's all this conflict. Yeah. You know, go yeah. to the gym, do your eat your right. three squares, yeah, right. whatever, right. or yeah. stay at the piano. Yeah. But, and right, it's conflict at home. Mm -hmm. Whereas you can be genetic, you have, have a genetic propensity, but then just decline. Yeah. The option. Yeah. Boring house, though. I'd rather be like, I'm not, I don't have a mom, and then slam the door, you know? Yeah. Well, the problem is, what if you also genetically modify the motiv motivations so that the child wants to be uh, a, a super athlete or super pianist? Could you, you make know? me want to be Neil deGrasse? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, you know? I just want to be able to talk like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have another one? Yeah. Okay. So the answer yeah. is yes, it's possible, and it could yeah. happen. Yeah. And we need more of you, the ethicist, yeah. around at that time yeah. to either say no or yes to it. Right. Good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Launchpad Cat Instagram. Is there mm -hmm. any such committees that uh, regulates new technology such as genetic tech or AI and puts regulators in place preemptively to prevent it uh, from being used for amoral things like uh, eugenics or something of that sort. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. has a uh, sort of... Uh, the, Just remind people what eugenics is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> eugenesis, yeah. No, uh, no, remind people what eugenics is. Oh, eugenics yeah. is this idea. It's, it means well-born. And so it basically, uh, you know, the Nazis who are trying to breed these uh, people to sort of, you know, like a certain race or certain class of people uh, thinking that uh, some genes are better than others. Um, and there's... Uh, yeah, but even at a time yeah. when the concept of gene was not really... They just knew that if you breed two people who are desirable, yeah. presumably you'll get a desirable person. Mm -hmm. And then you prevent others who are undesirable from breeding. Mm -hmm. And then you can systematically shift the balance in the population to, right. be a, to be a demographic who you want and care about. So the Aryan uh, uh, ideal yeah. was then what was sought. That's Isn't right. that happening in a way with breeding dogs and breeding purebreds yeah. and, yeah. and sort of inbreeding? Yeah. And, and plants and... So like know, Irish so. setters are out of their minds. Yeah. Right? <laughs> 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 Just because they've been bred so much. We have a dog that we adopted. It's like a mutt and she's 
totally chill. Totally chill. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but genet- yeah. breeding, breeding. We've been doing it with, with plants yeah, and animals. That's uh, right. And other animals. That's right. But is there really going to be a board that's going to oversee this preemptively? I mean, I'm, I, I said this before, but like, look at the medical profession. There are a lot of questionable things that are going on in the medical profession. Yeah. And there's a board that oversees that. Yeah. Preemptively. The boards right. have ethicists on it. Right? That's right. That's right. There's there's uh, sort of different research committees. They have um, uh, oversight sh- sort of IRBs, uh, so they're institutional research uh, boards. And institutional they, research board, yeah, board. Yeah, and then they have ethicists on uh, on those boards to look over research, look over the experiments to make sure that they're ethical. The problem is that uh, with these IRBs, uh, it's sort oh, of... Right. It, There's something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, we're not allowed to, we, the scientific community, yeah. there are rules about what animals you can do laboratory tests on. Really? Right. Like chimpanzees, there's That's certain right. things you can't do That's right. or that you can, and depending on w- whatever someone's judgment, That's some right. panel's judgment yeah. as to the value of that animal to the ecosphere yeah. or to whatever. Yeah. Um, and other than PETA, if you're doing it to a rat, I don't think anyone cares. I was going to say the rat, like <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. poor thing gets yeah. slammed every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so do you think yeah. it can be effective going forward? Yeah, so the, I mean... It's only effective if the researchers are responsible. That's right. Okay. That's right. Yeah, and also um, the value of the research has to justify whatever research that you're doing. So you can't just sort of... Um, you know, torture these rats for fun. Um, you can't? Yeah, you cannot, oh, right? Jesus. So that's very unethical, right? And so... You told me that a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> you know, so in order to do research, even on animals, even on rats and mice, you have to be able to justify it to an institutional research board. You have to sort of say, why is this necessary? Um, and there's no other way. You have to show that there's no other way. Oh, yeah, and this yeah. is sort of yeah, a less harmful way oh. of doing it. The least harmful way of doing it. And it's not the, the rat's fault it doesn't have hair on its tail. The way a squirrel does. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> it look adorable. Yeah, it's, it's not its fault. It's, it's got a little, it's really pointy nose. It's and not its fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just hanging yeah. out. Yeah. It's yeah. a rat. It's uh, not its fault it eats your garbage. <laughs> well, now it's my fault. <laughs> it's your fault. I'm sorry I put my garbage out. Squirrel eats nuts and rat eats your garbage. Garbage, you don't like right. it. Right, pigeon, right? Rats with wings. Do we do experiments on those? Hmm. We should get look into that. Right. Are we having another one? Yeah, I guess keep going. Keep All right. Uh, Scotia Show Frandon, Instagram. Um, if in the future our noble intentions lead to the practice of genetically editing fetuses for preventing birth defects and future diseases, how do we avoid the pitfall of creating designer babies and the possible repercussions, uh, genetic inequality, caste systems, etc.? And would it, uh, would it even be a pitfall at all? Mm. Yes. So that's right. Like, would it even be a pitfall at all? Maybe this is something we should think about doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there are good reasons to do it. For example, but to do what? To, uh, to genetically uh, have designer babies uh-huh. uh, to engage in genetic editing. So this is where we were talking about earlier that people, as soon as you know, when they think about new technologies, they get very scared. Uh, but maybe there are good uses of these technologies. So just for for uh, for example, uh, if we want to sort of go. Uh, engage in if, if we want to go to the moon or go to space, we want to make sure that we're more uh, radiation uh, radiation resistant, mm-hmm. right? And so there's maybe there's some sort of genetic thing uh, f- uh, basis where we can sort of uh, be more uh, radiation resistant. And so that's something that we should look into if we want to sort of. So that means you uh, breed ex- people for certain jobs. That, yeah, mm. yeah. But this idea of like creating the perfect human, like I mean, I don't know. 
I don't even know if anybody wants that. I mean, everybody hates Tom Brady. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's about as perfect no, as we're going to get. I, how, and I'm a Patriots fan saying that. Here's where I would take that. Yeah. I would say, yeah. isn't so much of what we are, what we've been through to overcome what we're not? Mm. So that if you come out perfect, then where does your character get developed? Mm. Where is your sense of... Because you're of interacting in an imperfect world, right? So your perfection is always challenged. Well, I'm just saying who you are is almost always what you have overcome in life. Absolutely. If you're perfect, you, there's nothing for you to overcome. What do you got to show mm -hmm. for anything? So you're saying it's unachievable to create a perfect person. No, you can create a perfect person, but they will achieve nothing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The real achievers, they, they, stuff happened to them. Hey, right. Doc, uh, I was supposed yeah. to be perfect and I'm not. What's going on here? <laughs> Look at the real achievers in life. They've overcome something. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's yes. a broken family. There's mm -hmm. a thing. They have a lisp. They've got a this. They have a limp. A, th got, a, th <clears throat> a therapist gave me a list yeah. of people that, things that, people who were rejected you know that like Edison, yes, they, uh, Bell. No one, no one's going to want to talk to each other far apart through a box, and they were rejected and rejected and overcame. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. So if, if you're perfect, you might be of no use to anyone. Right. Yeah. So I think there there are two things to say there. So one is that you know human goals will change like the better you get. So you know like my kids when they're five years old, they like to play go fish. Right, but now they're ten years old. They don't play go fish anymore. It's too boring, right? Because mm. you've kind of outgrown that, mm. right? And so you can imagine that uh, when we get smarter, there are other things, there are other challenges, um, you know, that we don't that, even know of that right we don't now. even know of right mm -hmm. now, right? Okay. Um, and then the 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 flip side of that is, you know, if you really think that there's really value to being imperfect, then that can be, you know, there's an app for that. <laughs> you, know, you know, like, uh, like so make it more challenging. Okay, take it back. <laughs> right, should we do another question? Yeah, uh, real quick, real quick. Another question. Go. Okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Lynn, Facebook. Are there any red lines that we should not cross uh, or maybe never cross in science and in ethics? Uh, and a related question, are there any ethical red lines today that you think should be rolled back. Mm -hmm. Ooh, good one. And yeah. we don't have time to answer that because we have to take a break. <laughs> when we come back, the red, line, the red line, should you cross it or not, on Star Talk. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Cheers to a great day and this ice-cold Corona. You know what would make this day even better? My grandma's carne asada. Or your grandma here with us, making carne asada. She does love a cold Corona. Throw in some dancing. Oh, we can watch the game. I'll drink to that. So a backyard concert with football, food, dancing, and Corona? And your grandma. Or we could keep it simple. Simple is good. Want a Corona? Thanks. Salute to the perfect day. Corona. La vida más fina. Get your Corona at ordercorona.com. Relax responsibly. Corona extra beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. This is Star Talk. We're back on Star Talk. Bioethics is the subject of 
this edition of Cosmic Queries. Matthew Liao, you're our ethicist. You're, you're head of a whole center for bioethics. So everybody comes to you with their problems. <laughs> is, that, is that how that works? I don't know. And uh, always good to have you, Paul. So uh, when, we, uh, when we left off, there was a question about crossing red lines. Yeah, this is Patrick Lynn, Facebook. Are there any red lines that we should not cross? And the uh, related question is, have there been any red lines that you feel we've crossed that should be rolled back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I think there are many red lines that we shouldn't cross. So uh, some people are, I mean, just, you know, creating humans that will be like slave humans, for example. I mean, that's, that's an obvious one. Doesn't uh, that happen anyway if you create humans who are perfect? Then the humans who are not created perfect are left as slave to the perfect well, one. Well, you really ah. hate perfection. <laughs> <laughs> no, then you're making a slave class right. without purposely making a slave class. Yeah. Uh, so there's this view that, I mean, even in our society now, sort of people have dif differential abilities, mm -hmm. right? But we think that everybody has equal, like they're, they're all, they all have the same moral status, yes, right? Yes. And so we could still people have under that the eyes of the law. That's mm -hmm. right. That's right. And so we could still have that, even if you have like some people who are perfect and other people not as perfect, who right? Who would be enslaved the, by they, them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and how about red lines that we have crossed that you would roll back today? I got one. Yeah. I'm old enough, I'm older than all y'all, mm -hmm. uh, to remember the announcement of the first test tube baby mm. that was born. That was banner headlines, mm -hmm. test tube baby. Yeah. And today, that's not even an interesting point to raise on a first date, <laughs> whether you were in vitro <laughs> or in utero right. conceived. What right. were you like dating? Is that, your, <laughs> is that your opening line? No, but there was a day that might have been a thing. Yes. Yeah, I'm a test tube baby. Yeah. It was like, wow, yeah. tell me about it. That's and a we, really good point. Well, right, right. And so, and, and back then, people say, are we playing God mm -hmm. by fertilizing eggs in a test tube? Mm -hmm. And now it's like, of course you're doing it. This is, this mm -hmm. is the fertility aid that goes on every day for mm -hmm. so many couples. So I bet... That, that would be a line that existed back then that we cross, and now you'd roll it back because mm -hmm. we're all just accustomed to it. Right. Would you agree? I, actually, we just ran a, uh, a conference on the ethics of donor conception two weeks ago at mm. NYU, mm -hmm. and there were all these um, uh, donor-conceived individuals, and they were saying that they shouldn't have been born. Should not have should been not born. have been born. Why? Yeah, they were um, because they feel that like they don't know who their genetic parents are. Uh -huh. They feel very isolated uh, from yeah. You know, there's just a lot of psychological. Well, this trauma. idea of God. I mean, yeah. if you're an atheist, yeah. right? Like, so this I was curious about this. Like, where does religion creep into this? Right. Oh, good mm -hmm. point. So, like, yeah. people start to go well because ethics know, panels typically have a pastor or somebody right. that yeah. brings a religious right. philosophy to the argument. And yeah. if I don't, if religion is not a part of my life on any level. Mm -hmm. Why am I leaving to this some ephemeral? That explains game? everything about you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm soulless, you heathen, everybody. <laughs> you heathen. That's that's my tour, the soulless stand-up comedy. You're, you're going yeah. to hell. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah. religion, the side. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. so, so how does religion fold into this? Um, so religious ethics, I guess. Yeah, religious. So some people uh, look at ethics from a re religious standpoint. So there's like divine command theory. What would God do, or what would God command in certain situations? So mm -hmm. that, so they would look at these issues from that uh, angle. Speaking for God, on the assumption that they understand the mind of God, for having read books that they presume God wrote. Okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> just, just, just want to clarify. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a view, that, there's the natural law view that what God would want is what uh, our best reasoning, uh, uh, you know, whatever we come up with our best reasoning. At the time. Yeah, at the time. Yeah. yeah. And so that's sort of a natural law 
type okay. view. So, I just don't know. I don't like, yeah. you, and you alluded to this bringing a perfect person into the world, right? Mm -hmm. This idea of bioethics and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, but then you look at the world we live in, right? Like, yeah. we're obsessed. Okay, we're going to make gen genetically enhanced corn mm -hmm. so we have better nutrition so that we're in better shape to kill each other, mm -hmm. yeah. right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh -huh. sort of like, I, I just feel like it's. Here we like, do. We need a gene for rational thought. <laughs> Let's work on that one, okay? Yeah. Get your people to... Yeah, to, to, yeah. To, uh, right? yeah. trademark it. Yeah. Well, there are, uh, like, a lot of people talking about moral enhancement. Like, you know, can we enhance ourselves morally so that we're less aggressive and more uh, uh, sympathetic and empathetic to the plights of others, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I say yeah. screw other people. <laughs> um, Next question. Go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Go for it. Um, we are going to go to Dixon... Clinton, Instagram, uh, combining CRISPR and ever-advancing AI will be the downfall of humankind, right? How many years do I have before I'm being murdered by cyborg overlords? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> wow, you got to stop going to the movies. <laughs> yeah, so when do we all die? Yeah. Oh, well, we're all going to die. <laughs> okay, right. good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. yeah, so that's that's the question there. So, is. you know, uh, some people like Ray Kurzweil thinks that, you know, by 2050, we'll have super intelligence. Other scientists, AI scientists. Ray Kurzweil, that, yeah. hey, we have interviewed him on Star Talk yeah, in a yeah. live uh, taping. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, and so, and other people... Uh, uh, say it's not so, you know, like they're less optimistic, but they think that maybe by uh, 2100 we'll have super intelligence. And so, um, and so there's a real life issue. What happens when you have these really smart AIs that are, you know, that are smarter than us? We know, become their like, slaves. We become yeah. their slaves, if we're yeah. lucky. Mm -hmm. then maybe they, they well, maybe we'll just become their pets. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe we'll go <laughs> out I of mean, existence. I can see yeah. you sniffing your butt. <laughs> 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 well, I said, maybe I went too far there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, all right, this is Chris Cherry, Instagram. Right. Hi, Chris, from the Sunshine Coast. Uh, Australia. Not Austria. Australia. Australia. Uh, should we fear DNA samples being... Uh, required by health insurance companies and employers. Potentially, uh, you could be discriminated against because of something you have no control over. Yeah, Chris, it's called race and ethnicity. It's <laughs> happening every day. But yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. You, you, you alluded yeah. to this about the insurance Yeah, companies. no, absolutely. I, I think that's a real worry that as... Um, you know, more and more of our information are available, you know, through genetic testing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, companies might use that in sort of inappropriate ways or unethical ways. So, you know, so an so. ethics board would say, no, insurance companies will not have access to your DNA. That's right. Okay. Or maybe a society, maybe that's something that's beyond the like uh, ethics board. Something so don't leave a coffee cup that you sipped from in yeah. the in the insurance office. Yeah, they, <laughs> they might take they swab swab, they swab it and send <laughs> just it show to, up completely yeah. swab your spit. hazmat yeah. suit yeah. and gloves. Yeah. <laughs> um, All right, we got to go to lightning round. Okay, okay ready? Right. Yeah. So you're going to yeah. ask your question, mm -hmm. and I and Matthew, you have to answer it in a soundbite. Okay. Pretend you're on the evening news okay. and they're only going to sound bite you. Okay. Okay. Go. Okay. This is uh, <clears throat> Justin Vilden uh, from Instagram. What's your opinion on ethics uh, of manipulation slash creation of AI in general? Could we manipulate with it so far to come close to something resembling our own consciousness? Not yet. When? Um, it's it's uh, hard to say. So I, I don't think we uh, have figured out what consciousness is, or you know, sort of the biological substrates of consciousness to be able to do that yet. None of the uh, machine learning technologies right now can do that. The day we understand so, consciousness, how soon after that do we program that into computers? Um, the next day. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Next yeah. question. 
Uh, this is De Janeiro, uh, Instagram. Do you think AI and humans will be integrated or DNA editing uh, can be used to create superhumans like we see in X-Men. I like that because if you can edit the DNA, what do you need the computer for? Mm -hmm. That's, yeah. That's the question, exactly, right? Yeah. So the computers might be faster, right? So they have more bandwidth. Oh, so good. the yeah, brain yeah. is sort of very slow. It thinks very slowly. So you can imagine that once you can kind of augment through some sort of brain-computer interface, it gives you vast amount of storage, space, capacity, upgrade. And you know, perfect memory. And perfect mm. memory. It's none of this arguing about what happened. You yeah. Know. <laughs> right. yeah, exactly. I um, said this. Yeah. No, I didn't forget to yeah. buy the milk. Let's go to the, the videotape. Yeah. Right. That's, uh, this is a theme on many episodes of Black Mirror. Yes. By the way, yes, yeah. you should check it out okay. yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, next. Um, Galaxy Star Girl Xbox Instagram. Do you think? Whoa! <laughs> I, you know, Excellent. I, I love just, it. And, okay. Uh, and there's an underscore, but I left that out. Do you think the future of AI in society will bring about uh, the less need for doctors? I believe doctors will still be needed, just in fewer numbers. Yeah, I'm not sure about the numbers, but uh, you know we're going to have wearables that are going to be able to track our heartbeats. Uh, our toilets are going to be able to, you know, kind of, you know, analyze our stool, you know, and sort of tell us whether we're healthy and, and not or not. And then that's going to be sent to doctors. Do you want your gonna... toilet talking about your poop? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. That's oh, what he my, just said. If my toilet could talk, <laughs> it, would, it would throw up. <laughs> so, um, but I, I think it's coming. Smart toilets are coming. So uh, that's sort of the that's the next business, you know. <laughs> next, opportunity. Okay. Uh, I, uh, this is from uh, Kristen Versailles Instagram. I would like to know what are the considerations to judge something as quote good or bad in the aspects of modifying an organism, an organism <clears throat> genetically, humans, for instance. Mm. So I have this view that uh, humans need uh, some basic cap capacities, things like the ability to be able to think, uh, to have depersonal relationships and things like that. And so I think that whatever we do with genetic modification, we shouldn't interfere with those core human capacities. And, and if, uh, say, uh, and the flip side of that is if uh, an embryo, like an offspring, doesn't have those capacities, then we should try to make sure that they have those. In whatever genetic way. In whatever possible. genetic way. And it's beyond possible. that, it's just, yeah. it's just luxury right. items. That's right. Off of a shopping list. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's right. Exactly. exactly. All right, next. Yeah. Go. Um, okay. Yeah. Got time for like one more. Uh, mm -hmm. Here we go. Um, That'd be a good one, dude. Uh, wow, there's a lot of pressure here. Um, okay, this is uh, Dagan Pleak Instagram. We will attempt... Uh, will we attempt to splice human DNA with other animal DNA to make mutants of a sort? Uh, would this conflict with our ethics? And what are your thoughts on creating new humanoid species? It's called a centaur, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> or a minotaur. Yeah. Yeah, a minotaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. So it relates to what I just said earlier. I think as long as we don't affect those core fundamental capacities, sometimes we might look into these type of... Uh, you know, like augmentations, these, you know, combining what different What animal genes. would you want to splice with a human? I can yeah. tell you. Would you want to be? I'll tell hey, you. Let me guess. I'll tell you in a my dog, so you can sniff. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in my concluding remarks, I will, I will tell oh. you. Yes. Oh. Yes. So we got time for just some, some reflective uh, thoughts. Uh, so, Paul, why don't you go first? Um, I, I, I just think all of these questions that you deal with, it, it's endlessly fascinating and on some level open-ended, right? You seem to have the most subjective sort of job in a way. 
Plus, you're like the calmest person I've yeah. ever met. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Which means you're up to no good. <laughs> yeah, he's hiding something. Yeah, he's not <laughs> hiding something. When you're that guy, you know something that we don't. Right? Um, and uh, the, we didn't get much into this, but this I, I know you've done a lot of work with uh, manipulation of memory mm-hmm. for PTSD, mm-hmm. rape victims, et cetera, mm-hmm. and erasing thought. Is that making advances? Was that part of your TED Talk? Is that right? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. yes. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And can I have it in September because I'm going to a reunion in high school and I want to <laughs> wipe out the memory of asking <laughs> Renee Sherlock to the prom and getting turned down twice. I want to wipe out her memory and And mine. both memories. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take some propanolol with you. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were so a he's got, he's got it. He's got the drugs. Is that pr- very fairly far along? Uh, that's that's pretty far along, but you got unfortunately you got to take it within twelve hours of asking someone to a prom. So uh, <laughs> you know, well, it's, it's so, a, it erases your short term memory. That's right. It, okay. it, it stops it from consolidating into the long term memory. Um, there's uh, there's another thing, something called uh, zip. Uh, so there's this idea that you I'm know, not when, consuming when, anything called zip. Yeah. <laughs> zip erases everything. Really? Yeah. Wow. Zip erases I'll see everything. you after the show. Yes. <laughs> So, so Matthew, yeah. give us some some reflective concluding remarks here. Uh, so, I think these uh, the, there are, uh, a lot of these new technologies there on the horizon. Uh, I think they have a lot of promises, but we also should worry about their. You know, we should be mindful of their ethical implications, and um, you know, I think they can further help. keeping you employed. That's right. <laughs> so that you know, it's, it keeps me employed. That's hilarious. Right? It keeps raising issues that yeah. aren't issues. <laughs> No, that's an issue. It's not, it is. It's not an issue yet, but <laughs> yeah. it's it will an issue. Be. My kid's going to college next year. It's yeah. an issue. Yeah. Um, and I think ultimately our aim is to sort of uh, uh, create human well-being, human flourishing, and so we want to make sure that these technologies do that. Mm. So, so here's here's what I think. Not that anyone asked. <laughs> Wait, Neil, what do you think? <laughs> Thank you, Paul. Um, the fact that you can crossbreed the genetics of different species at all. Mm-hmm. We, do this, we do this often in the food chain. Is a reminder that all life has some common DNA. So we should not be surprised that you can take a fish DNA put in a tomato. Just, just a reminder that we're all related genetically. So what I think to myself is the human form is not some perfect example of life, I like the fact that newts can regenerate their limbs. Where's the gene sequence for that? Mm. Let's put that in humans and give it first to veterans who have lost their legs or arms mm. yeah. and regrow our limbs. Yeah. If a newt can do it and we have genetic editing, why can't we do it? And why haven't we? And mm. Well, maybe that's to come, but mm. I look at what is possible. Mm-hmm in the experimentation of the biodiversity that is life on Earth and say, why can't we have some of that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that is a thought from the cosmic perspective. I want to thank Matthew Liao. A, a second time on Star Talk. We will bring you back for sure. Oh, thank you. All right. And um, ha- have fun down, not fun, but you know, work hard. Thank make you. a better world for us. <laughs> or help us make a better world for ourselves. Keep creating <laughs> issues that aren't really issues. So you have <laughs> By the way, best mind eraser? Like better than vodka. But, yeah, right, so right. even invented. Right. <laughs> Takes out those cells right exactly. there. Paul, always good to have you. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. All right. Yeah. I've been and will continue to be Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal <laughs> astrophysicist, coming to you from my office at the Hayden Planetarium of the American Museum of Natural History. 
And as always, I bid you to keep looking up. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.